Okay, and welcome back to Fast Ship Performance then. My name is Tim Davies, and today I'm back in my attack shack, dropping some truth bombs on your personal battlefields, helping you to win the wars you are fighting. And we have an FJP warrior in military flying training who is struggling, fam. That's what I'm gonna talk about today. He sent me an email in. I do know the military he's serving in, but he does not mention it. I want me to mention it here, and that's absolutely fine. It's not necessary. How we're going to work this then is we're going to go through the email and each stage of the email, I'm going to then explain my thoughts on it, hopefully helping him out, hopefully helping you out. Let's do it now. Ninja 1, Fox 2. Ninja 1, Fox 2, kill. Ninja, out. Zero, nine, zero. Uh, here it is. Right, so I'm just going to read the email through then, guys, and then we'll just talk bits and pieces about it. It says, um, right... Good day, Tim. Thanks for the reply. It is much appreciated. You covering it in a podcast would be great. I've underlined, bolded the text. I would appreciate you not mentioning, just in case someone is listening and catches on to the similarities. Also made a slight change or two just to be on the safe side. And that's what I ask you to do, guys. If you write to me for advice, can you just bold out the stuff that you don't want me to use or underline it or say, Tim, if you use this, and please, I like to use these things because it helps out the FJP clan, then obviously just tell me what you don't want me to say. He says, I'm currently serving in the Air Force as a student pilot. Prefer not to mention which Air Force. The journey hasn't been easy, not what I thought it would be. Just been testing in aspects where one wouldn't expect and be able to prepare for. What I mean is this. Physically, I knew it was going to be testing so I could train for it. Mentally, it's so broad you can only prepare certain aspects, but others catch you completely off Guard. Lifestyle comes with its own challenges, but one can gradually adapt to them, I feel. Spiritually, you can't prepare for, but you must allow for growth in the most demanding times, which is super tough, as one doesn't always see the bigger picture in the moment. So a lot of introspection is needed. Thank you, COVID-19. Emotionally is truly the most difficult one, even more so during these tough times. I'm not, as, I'm not an emotional person and I struggle to share emotions if I do feel them. That's a hard opening paragraph, isn't it? I mean, there's, there's a lot of, I'm struggling to read that myself. Sometimes when people are quite intellectual or they're thinkers, it can be quite difficult for them to get those thoughts onto a piece of paper. I expect if he'd kind of read that paragraph back, he might have said to himself, what am I really trying to say here? Because if I asked you that now, you probably go, um, I think he's just saying that there are some testing times in his flying training. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Let's go over that then, shall we? So he's talking about spirituality, saying spiritually you can't prepare for some things, but you must allow for growth in the most demanding times, which can be super tough. I read this now, and he's talking about sharing emotions, which is difficult. I read this, and I kind of know where this is going, and I understand what this man is saying, okay? And it is a man. We're going to call that man M, all right? So... M goes on to say then, how does one prepare oneself mentally, physically, spiritually and emotionally throughout the different phases? How does one keep adapting to the ever-changing environments? How did you as a pupil or as a student pilot share or offload some of your emotions and feelings? Now, when I went through flying training as a student and when I obviously taught flying training as an instructor, it's very different times. So I was an instructor from 2007. Let me just get this straight. Yeah, and I was a student. So I was a student from 99 through to about 2000, end of 2003. What we used to do 
to offload all this stuff was to go to the bar, sit around, have a pint, you know, with the evening meal, we'd have a pint, we'd take a pint into dinner with us. It was just the way it was back then. Nowadays, that's kind of not really done. It's kind of frowned on. If people nowadays saw a lot of students in the bar getting smashed up at night, I think people would be saying something and probably rightly so, to be honest. Different cultures, guys, different cultures. But you have to remember that the bar culture, especially in the UK here, especially at messes, officers' messes, that was not healthy, not healthy physically, but it probably was quite healthy mentally because we were able to offload. And what this, what M's finding is that he's probably going home in the evening, probably back to the, the block uh, that they have in that Air Force, and he's probably not talking about his day with people. It's very easy to go back there, sit in your cabin. I was a naval officer, so I had cabins. And, uh, and just you know, turn on your Xbox or whatever, or watch your TV, or fill yourself with noise, because it is noise, isn't it? All this stuff, guys, you know, the black phone, all that kind of stuff, you know? All that stuff there is, it's kind of, if we were, if we were thinking back in 2003, what can I do to distract massive amount of people? What can I do to really kind of get them focused on something other than, I don't know, wealth inequality or whatever the current problem is? What would I do? I think most of us would say we'd create social media and we'd create accessible consumption, entertainment, Netflix, um, Amazon Prime, all that kind of stuff. We'd, we'd create Twitter, wouldn't we? Because um, Twitter gives us a little bit of dopamine. So does Facebook. So, you know, so does YouTube that you're watching now. We get it. We get it. So he's probably going back and he's probably filling his head with stuff that really isn't that important. Whereas what he really should be having is meaningful conversations with meaningful people. Interactions are incredibly important in flying training, okay? You've got to take those lessons back and talk about them. Talk them out. You've got to find someone to talk them out. What I'd recommend to this dude here, and uh, it is a dude, not a dudette, um, I'd recommend that he grabs a course mate and says, look, buddy, at the end of the day, do you want to just go for like a 10-minute walk and you offload onto me and I'll offload some stuff onto you, whatever? Because you've got to be open and honest in flying training. If you're going to be a pilot, you've got to be humble. You've got to be very authentic, all right, you've got to be honest and open with your mistakes. In some air forces around the world, that's not done that well. In other air forces, it's probably done too well. Okay, probably done too well. So let's carry on with this then. So what he's saying is, how do I prepare myself mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally throughout the different phases? Right. How does one keep adapting to ever-changing environments? And how did I offload my emotions and feelings? Yeah, probably through alcohol in the bar. But think about what I was doing. We're drinking... We're talking about flying because we're into flying. Um, and that's what you need to be doing, okay? Not necessarily getting smashed up. Go for a run or something. If I have to interview someone for staff in my business or as a director for the company or whatever it is, I tend to say, let's go on a run. You know what I mean? Let's go on a run together. It's what General Petraeus did in Afghanistan. If you want to work for General Petraeus, he'd go running with you. And the guy was in his mid-50s, superbly fit. And he'd been shot in the chest as well. Got over that, blimey. Guy's a legend. Right. So how do I prepare myself mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally? I did talk to a pilot recently. I do these things on YouTube now, guys, as you might know, if you scroll down the simulator videos. Got a lot of traffic coming in at the moment, email-wise, talking to me about that from civilian pilots who are, are learning some things. And that's great. I learn from civilian pilots as well. Civilian pilots learning from the military. Top. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, and one of the guys was saying, um, he was saying, how do, you know, how do I prepare for a trip? Now, I was talking about chair flying. But you've got to prepare emotionally for the fact that you might not come back that day. That has to be done at some point, okay? It has to be done. 
So I think when he's talking about spiritually and emotionally, he's talking about that. Like physically, it's fine, isn't it? Keep doing your fizz every day, guys, every day. If, and I'm talking to men and women. I've got a female audience, of course. Don't get me wrong. You need to be active every day. It's only something I've been doing the last couple of years, all right? Every day, without fail. I teach this on my spin recovery course, okay? Uh, I teach this, all this stuff, okay? So you've got to be active. Do an activity you like, but do it every day. And it can just be stretching, but every day. Lifting weights one day, running another day, stretching another day, doesn't matter. Do it in front of a TV if you want. Couldn't care less, but do it. So that's your physically done then. Uh, mentally, how do you prepare for that? Well, prepare for failure for a start. We talk about this a lot. Um, do have a plan B. Do think about other streams, other things you'd like to do. Just think about it because it takes the pressure off you, especially when you go through tests and when, you, when you're doing badly in flying training, you can at least think, well, maybe I will join the police force or maybe I will. You know, there's got to be something else. You, not enough. Don't think about it enough that it becomes an attraction, but think about it enough that you, you can not super worry about failing. And also, if you do fail, believe me, it's not as tragic as you think it is because the stress you'll be going through before that failure that removes you from flying training um, will be horrific. And when I've chopped men and women before, a lot of emotion involved, okay? A lot of emotion with chopping someone. That emotion is normally one of relief, okay? Not sadness. It's like, I don't have to do that anymore, okay? And I could put students right here next to me. They wouldn't be as good looking and they wouldn't have the lockdown haircut. That, that's obviously, you know, I'm winning that one. I think actually Piers Brosnan in that Eurovision contest is trying to, um, I, think he's, I think he's trying to look like me, to be honest, which is understandable, isn't it? You know, um, I could put students here who tell you exactly the same thing. Students that I chopped, removed from flying training um, because obviously they were probably going to end up uh, killing themselves or someone else. They will sit here and say, I was, you know, it was a relief when I, um, when I, when I got removed from flying training. And then they went and flew something else. So if they, if they fail in jets, they tend to go and fly multi-engine or something like that. Anyway, we digress. Yeah, I wouldn't be worrying about the spiritual and the emotional aspects at the moment. It says, my time in the military has come with quite a few challenges. I applied in 2015 while busy with my second year at university. Went for selection that year and failed the um, psychometric tests as I was trying to be precise and completely disregarded speed. Yeah, if, you, if you're disregarding speed in distant speed and time, you know, you, you're going to fail. You've missed out on a third of that. After failing, I was eager to try again. but had to take a six-month break before being able to. The Air Force called me in October that year to try again. I improved my previous shortcomings and passed. Legend. November that year, I went for my interviews, which I found pretty easy as I had been for job interviews before. And I would say that with interview guys, I know everyone says it, it's very cliched. Get practice, all right? You're not going to expect to win a tennis match unless you've practiced tennis. You can't expect to do well in interviews unless you've practiced interviews, all right? Film yourself as well. You've got a camera right here. It's a great camera. Just literally wedge it against something. Uh, ask you, ask not your mum and dad, ask a family friend or something, or, or say, mum, can you get one of your friends to do a mock interview? And they will just ask some standard questions and then see how you come across, all right? See how you come across. And then obviously, you know, go and look on YouTube for interview practice. Okay, good. 2016 is where the hiccups in my military career started. I received a call early January telling me basic training will start next week and expect a call in the week with information on where, what and how. I had to reapply for uni in the same week, naive as I was. I didn't reapply to uni because I was often the military in my mind. Let's just say they never called and I spent a year working, started a handyman company with one of my mates and worked for a, I think it's a non-profit. He says, 2017 came about and I finally received a call the Friday while away on a trip with the non-profit. 
had to travel home and get all my things packed and ready to ship off the Sunday. Basics is basics. Don't think I need to elaborate there much. I've walked that past before, he says, as I have, he says. Um, one thing I did find difficult during that time was sharing the experience with my friends. They had not walked that path, but with the older generation, it was easy and our stories were very similar. Officer training is my least favourite course to date. It's everyone's least favourite course. Jeez, it's because it sucks. And it felt like an absolute waste of time. <laughs> I just wanted to get to the flying part. No, I was a Dartmouth graduate, guys. That's up here. No, up here, sorry. That's Tanya Royal Naval Career Dartmouth. You have to train alongside lots of people that are going to drive ships. And of course, I was a pilot. And all we want to do is fly airplanes. So, you know, you've got to suck that up, by the way. Embrace the suck. That means embrace the things that are bad. Um, also felt, and that's why people get back course, by the way. If you have to retrain, get back course, it's because you're not embracing the suck. You're just like, whatever, this is gash. I just want to go flying. This is rubbish. I want to go flying. Uh, you've got to be an officer first and a pilot second. Okay. That's a factually correct statement, guys. If you're joining the military to be a pilot, you will fail. You join the military to serve your country, to be an officer first, if you're going to be flying. Oh, don't get me wrong. Warrant officers, everything else. Don't get me wrong. Um, if you're going to be an officer you, and you have to go to uh, initial officer training or something, like in the Royal Air Force, you're an officer first, pilot second. You've got to remain that for your entire career, which means if you fail flying training, you can go and do something else, intelligence officer, anything like that, okay? which is a bonus, really, especially in these pressing times where the private sector is suffering really heavily um, due to uh, coronavirus. Right, um, it says here, I also felt that most of my most of the people I was on course with didn't have the leadership abilities needed of an officer and they were just there because they knew someone in the right place. Look, guys, yes, I'm sure that's right. Leadership, you get taught leadership, okay? Some of you are born with it. Some of us are born with a bit more leadership than others. But officer training is there to help teach you and guide you. So you can't expect to walk into Cranwell and be the greatest leader you've ever seen. It's probably never going to happen. You learn from people and you make mistakes and you fail and you move on, okay? And you're learning as you go forward. So don't. So when he says, you know, I was on course with didn't have the leadership abilities needed of an officer, they will probably grow those as they go through. But I understand his frustrations. What I'm sensing here is a, a deep thinking guy, an intellect. He's got a sharp intellect. And I can tell because his writing sometimes is a bit all over the place. And for me, that's sometimes what happens to my brain if I don't stop and just go, what are you trying to say? So I can, sense, I can sense this guy's frustrations and they're going to get worse. 2018 was ground school, which was loads of fun and challenging at the same time. It's where I learned balance in life is key. I learned it the hard way by failing one of the exams due to me enjoying my birthday weekend too much. Don't do that again then. June that year, we signed our contracts and were made to believe we'll start ground school slash flying training in uh, September that year. So off we went to the flying school to go work on the flight line for the time being. This is where the major hiccups start. Some Air Forces do that, by the way. They say, okay, go and hold. Our Air Force does it a lot. Um, and I always say to people, get a decent hold, you know, go to war. Well, I don't know whether we've got men on the men and women on the ground anymore, but uh, I used to advocate going to Afghanistan, um, Falkland Islands, uh, anywhere like that. Cyprus is pretty cool. Go somewhere where the op tempo is is high, okay? And that's what you're there for, guys. You're, you know, you're, you're in the military. Embrace that. Embrace the military. But he's got to go to the flight line. It's got to be a bit sucky, but it doesn't matter. We ended up working on the flight line for a whole year. That's got to suck. Where we were fed the, fed the same story of you will start next month. When next month comes around, we get fed more or less the same story of next month. After a year, we decided to write a letter to be sent home to units so that we could be closer to the family. As it came out, our training was only going to start in January 2020. It's not good. 
I do believe the flight line is good for student pilots, but they must be put there with the set goal in place and it must be made a learning environment to give them a better understanding of how things work on the ground and what challenges the ground crew face. Instead, the ground crew sit as an opportunity to boss the youngsters around, not beneficial to the organisation or a future officer who would need to deal with ground crew in the future. We went home for six months and spent much needed time with family and friends. I was able to partake in sport again, as this was difficult whilst under training. If you keep if you keep motivated people, I mean, this is the Air Force knows this, by the way, only too well. If idle hands, yeah, you, you don't want motivated people sat around doing nothing they will do stupid things that they don't mean to do but they're not busy um yeah yeah so you don't do that and that was a mistake your air force sending you to a flight line for a year was a mistake but they probably expected to be a month or something and they haven't gripped their flying training system it sounds like it's a mess it's pretty much like the royal air force at the moment has got severe struggles with the flying training system it's making amends but it lacks instructors um this aircraft are, are, are awesome but it's, it's kind of emotionally immature as a flying training system. It needs to be developed. In fact, the one I'm doing for Aerolis now, uh, as, as the head of training and strategy, learns from those lessons, all right? And it's very, very different. It's very revolutionary, actually. I'll, I'll talk about, you know, I can, some point I will talk about that. Except Lockheed Martin stole all my ideas. Right, here we go. So the year 2020 started off so well. We finally started much away at ground school, passed all the tests. I got the instructor I wanted. I was working on the flight line. It came out. We went to the same high school. That's pretty cool. Same high school. Started with sim sorties. Was two sim sorties away from getting in the aircraft. And then coronavirus happened. Training was immediately stopped. And we were told to hang 10 in our rooms. We had asked to go home over this time to see our families. But the request was denied. They then decided to start the aspect brief so we could remain busy and take our minds off when we were actually going to start flying we were a week into into the briefs then a member of our work environment got the virus yeah and if that happens guys you shut down okay shut down it honestly feels as soon as we get going something comes along and hampers our training how do you recommend keeping focused and refocusing the negative thoughts and energy how does one stay positive even at the most difficult of times how to stay current with the work, keep feeding the brain information, but with no output, and how to make sure you're not engraving bad aviation habits. As we are vulnerable students at the moment, still fresh in the new field with lots of information, but no opportunity to expand on it, and make sure we understand the concept correctly because we don't have the interaction with our instructors at the moment due to lockdown. Well, there's a lot in that, isn't there? A lot in that. Sometimes I say to people when they write me an email, can you just write me the questions? <laughs> just to highlight the questions so I don't have to dig them out. Okay. Yeah, so this is it. It's, the US Navy SEALs call it embrace the suck. Um, it's sucky, which means it's, it's a bit, bit rubbish. Okay, it's a bit rubbish. Embrace the suck. The Royal Marines are pretty good at this, actually. They laugh at adversity. My father's a Royal Marine. I like Royal Marines. Um, and they do. They laugh at adversity and they, um, it, yeah, they just kind of go, we're wet and muddy. This, this sucks. It's like so absurd to them. It's like, this is just rubbish. And they laugh about it. Um, so we're questioning here then let's have a look let's break it down in in flying training is about that as soon as something as soon as you get going something comes along and hampers our training actually that's really good training for you because in flying that's exactly what happens in flying what we try and do is we try and have a blank slate as a mind like i say it's a blank piece of a4 paper and i'm flying along if something comes in i want to deal with that and get rid of it so it's got space for something else to come in because i've only got so much mental capacity so actually Having these these things hampering your training is very kind of natural. 
um, I was a naval officer, so I went through training quite quickly. But I was training with Royal Air Force courses, and uh, the Navy bought places on the Air Force courses, so we were prioritised in our training. But my Air Force guys, I'd go from one course, hold for a few weeks, another course, hold for a few weeks, another course. Air Force guys would hold for six months, eight months, two months, four months. Um, so, and then they'd be on different courses and everything. So they had a rougher ride than me. Uh, I did actually have a lot of holding though as well uh, in the early part. So, and what I did is I made sure if I was holding as I went and flew on another squadron, uh, if I could, and I held with them. And I surrounded myself with pilots. I wanted to be a pilot, surround yourself with pilots. Doesn't sound like you've got the opportunity here, Em, to go and do that. So how do you keep focused and refocusing the negative thoughts and energy? I, I'm making videos now, which you can watch. Um, and that's where I take a hawk from like X-Plane or, or something from DCS. And um, I apply the real world, all the stuff I did for real through virtual reality. And I use it, I use the simulator to talk about airmanship and things like that. So you can watch some of those videos. They're on my YouTube channel, Fast Jet Performance. Um, I would also really engage with a community that are flying and are active. Write to them if you've got, I don't know, uh, let's pretend you're in the Royal Air Force. Um, if it was guys at Valley talking to me like this, RF Valley, I'd say if you get some space, go and visit a Typhoon Squadron, F-35 Squadron, go and talk to the guys there. They're only a few years ahead of you anyway. You know, if you're at Valley, they're only six, eight months ahead of you. So, um, and, and ask these same questions, like my training sucks right now. What was your training like? They'd be like, oh, dude, my training sucked more. They would be because that's how pilots are, you know. So um, that's a pretty good way of doing it. The negative thoughts and energy, I know this guy's mind is, I know what kind of guy this is. I've had students like this. And I would, you know, I want to say to him, look, think less about it, dude. I seriously think less about it. Um, you can get yourself into a rabbit hole with this kind of thought, this kind of thinking. You can get really deep on this, go deep on this. And it's kind of like, I get it, I get it. But you can get yourself into a dark place. How does one stay positive even at the most difficult times? This is not a difficult time for you. All right, guaranteed. Being on the wing of a tanker, flying from the United States back to the UK, in cloud the whole way, is a difficult time. And you think, that sounds like fun. It's dangerous as hell. I mean, it's horrible, okay? It's, it's the most stressful place you can be. Wrong, over a war zone, being shot at, fine. But then that's actually that chaos, we, we live for that chaos. I don't live for being on the wing of a tanker. There's going to be much hardship in your career, much, much hardship. And you're going to see some things that you won't be able to unsee and, you'll, and you, they will affect you for the rest of your life. And, and you'll have friends that die and friends that don't die, but probably better if they had. Um, it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard. So this is not hard in that same way, but it is hard in a way. And that's what we have to deal with. All right, we have to deal with that. Positivity, how do you stay positive? That's what you do. Immerse yourself in the life you're going into. How to stay current with the work, keep feeding the brain information, but with no output and how to make sure you're not engraving bad aviation habits. When RF Valley wasn't flying its students very regular or regularly, sorry, uh, they were failing trips. Surprisingly, they were failing trips. Of course, they were failing trips because you become uncurrent. Flying is about currency, motor skills. Okay, guys, I jump back in that little Hawk T1 and I do my virtual reality stuff. For me, it's hard because I haven't flown a Hawk for two years, 18 months, two years, it's hard. Uh, I make mistakes. We always say the first circuit is for free. When you come into the circuit and you do a first circuit, it's for free because it's hard, all right? I'm doing a video soon on takeoff emergency briefs, um, takeoff aborts, 
And uh, there's a reason they're difficult as well. It's because you haven't yet experienced the weather of the day. You, you, I mean, you haven't flown yet. So when you get airborne and you have a, a, an emergency, you're fighting the weather for the first time. And you're also fighting you know, this, this currency thing like, my God, you know. So simulators are very good for this. Uh, as I said, I use X-Plane, DCS, um, all these kind of little things kind of motivate me, you know what I mean? And I go on VR. Um, you probably can't do that. I'm not saying for you to do that. But you might have a sim at your flight school and you might be able to ask, look, can I do some sims or whatever? You might be able to do that. Chair flying, get your cards out, sit down with a mate, talk through emergencies, you know, really. And you can go to your instructors and you can say that exact question you said to me. Look, how do I, how do I keep myself real motivated here? What would you do if you were me? Or what did you do in your flying training? I'd say that to an instructor. What did you do in your flying training when there were times like this where we weren't flying much? And see what your instructors say. Good instructors, they should be good instructors, by the way, um, yeah, they should be good instructors. There's a diff- there's a difficult one here because I know in some militaries they're not QFIs, qualified flying instructors who have done a nine month flying instructor course uh, and are overseen by Central Flying School of the Royal Air Force. Now the Canadians are the Royal Air Force is. There's other flight schools. Pakistan is, I believe. There's other flight schools around the world that are. The Americans have instructor pilots. It tends to be buddy buddy teaching, and there can be a bit of a gung ho type thing there. Um, so you just gotta you pick your instructor. Pick your instructor. Okay, there's some good guys, and there's some guys that you know maybe aren't interested in instructing, and they're not the best people to talk to. So that's what I do: sit down with an instructor. That's what they're there for. But you are a vulnerable student. You're right, and you are going to fail trips, um, and hopefully that'll be taken into account. Yeah, it says here you haven't got the interaction with your instructors at the moment due to lockdown. Give one a call. Pilots like to talk about flying. Give an instructor a call. Ask if you can speak to an instructor. So it's last paragraph, guys. Last paragraph. It feels as if my life has been on hold for the last two years. That is flying training, to be honest. Um, where if I was just told the truth at the beginning, I could have made a plan to go study and do something that is beneficial for me and the organization. I don't expect smooth sailing, but I'm slowly losing faith in the organization. And it is not great to have such thoughts. Uh, especially if this is where one wants to be for a career. How does one keep faith and stop questioning the higher ups doing nothing, even though they are dragging their feet along with your career. I'm aged, um, he's giving me an age here. I don't want to identify the guy. Let's call him 28, okay? I'm aged 28, and that is approximate. It's very close. I'm aged 28 at the moment and have nothing to show except my life experiences up until now. Would you recommend studying after completing pilot's course or go straight to the squadron if there's if there's no backlog there? I'd love to go on to fighters. Yeah, go to the squadron if you can. If there's no backlog, go to the squadron, uh, start your flying as early as you possibly can. You're 28, you're going to start a family soon maybe, and that's going to be more interesting to you um, than your flying training. So I'd get on with the job, I'd always say that. That's why when people say, should I go to university or not? I'm like, if you get an opportunity to get into the service pre-university, get into the service, all right? You can do a degree whilst you're in the service, like at night time, whatever that kind of stuff. You can do a degree when you leave if you really want to, but... You know, I haven't really used my degree. It was in engineering, so I guess I did for flying, but I haven't used it in engineering as such, you know what I mean? Um, so I would say here, you've got nothing to show for it except my life experience up to now. Look, this is the, one of the problems that we have when we follow people on social and we, we look at Mark Zuckerberg or, or um, Jeff Bezos, who's worth 160 billion, and you think, geez, I'm nothing compared to these people. Those people have deep insecurities and flaws. I have fractures that I'm working on right now within mental health and everything else, guys. Um, everyone is flawed. Everyone's fighting a battle. That's why I start off talking about 
dropping truth bombs on your personal battlefields, helping you to win the wars that you are fighting. I do it for a reason, because I know that inside you're hurting. Everyone is hurting a little bit. Everyone thinks they can be more successful. Everyone thinks they can have a better body because they see this Instagram. What is Instagram? That is a load of bollocks, okay? You look at that stuff. People don't look like that. They don't. And if they do, it's their job to look like that, okay? Don't get sucked into their world. Their world's a very myopic, insular world. Okay. Um, so don't judge yourself so harshly because that there's no end to that. It takes a bit of a while to understand what judging yourself harshly does to you. It creates a very negative message, a negative perception. And people can tell that about us. I have issues right now, uh, very similar to that, about uh, not being good enough. Okay. But it's historic. It comes from uh, when, when I was very young, I was about, about five, my mum couldn't deal with me, so she sent me to a, a Catholic priest. That Catholic priest then um, would talk to me and try and make me a better young man. Fine, I became a, a good young man. But I was kind of not abandoned by my mum. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying my mum was prioritising attention to my brother. There's four people in our family because my brother had been born. I was five, brother gets born. Um, so I have that kind of weird abandonment thing going on. And it's kind of, and then there was other episodes within my life where people that maybe should have uh, been more attentive weren't, okay? So I deal with that. You've got this continuous work. Like being a dude, okay? Being a guy, it's continuous work. It's a journey we're on. It's a journey. Where you are right now is on a journey, okay? That's a factually correct statement. You've got to, you've got to learn to enjoy that journey. And right now, bits of it suck. Bits of it aren't very good, all right? Some bits are. Some bits aren't. Look, You've got gaps in flying training. That means you can get your fizz on if you want to, go to the gym. You might be able to go and do something else that you wouldn't have had the opportunity to do. I mean, if your country's at war somewhere, go to war, all right? Your prefrontal cortex hasn't fully developed yet as a man. It normally, well, may well have done, actually, because you're late 20s now. A woman's would have developed. But this is about the thought of consequence uh, and action and everything else. That's what the amygdala does. And as we know from my previous videos, the amygdala is a dick. It's your flight or fight, okay? It's your caveman instinct. It's what kept you safe from the saber-toothed tigers, fam. All right, you know that. So, yeah, I questioned what the higher-ups were doing every day of my career. And that was 20 years, every day. I questioned, I questioned what they were doing. You have to remember that good people can still do bad things. And, and it's, sometimes it's accidental. It's not intentional. No one's running around trying to make other people's lives hard. We haven't got time for that. We're just trying to make our own lives as easy as possible. The, the, the people up top, they want people to go through a very fluid flying training system. That's how you get good pilots. When you break it up and it's bitty, you get bad pilots and some of those pilots die. And I know this because I was a flying, training, flying instructor for a decade. Now, on my decade of being a flying training, uh, a flying instructor, sorry, in the Royal Air Force, no one died on any squadron I was on. No one. People died before, people died after. But, you know, I'm not saying I was lucky. I think we had a culture of responsibility and introspection and, and it was a very authentic flying experience and we were very open and honest with each other and we all knew the risks that we were taking. So we're very careful with what we're doing. We did push boundaries because boundaries need to be pushed to grow. And you said that earlier about growth, okay? That's where you explore boundaries. You push boundaries. You do things that are difficult. The, the work I'm doing um, with a performance coach, that's above me. I do performance coach myself all over the place, but I'm going with a specialist and I've been with him before, is, um, is about 
that is about problems it's about introspection it's about it's about growth and it's quite complicated areas guys i'm more than happy to talk it through but i'm more than happy to talk it through but that's that's what it is it's i'm doing the work that's hard i've gone to the place i don't want to go to okay aggressive historically i don't want to go there i'm happy to put that in a box but if i don't go and work that out now i'm gonna to have to do it in 10 years time it's gonna be messy all right leaving the service is difficult actually i must admit it is difficult yeah, you're losing face in the organization. That's fine. You probably don't know much about your organization, to be honest. I didn't when I was going through flying training. It is more complicated than you think. People up top are trying to look after you. They are trying to look after you. Um, and it's good to question. And as I said, the Navy here, uh, there. I did write about this before. I've written an essay about it, I think. The Navy have the, when I was going through, was saying always question. Always question. You know, when, when someone says, stop questioning, get it done. Stop questioning, get it done. That's when you're being ordered to do something. But at the time, you're discovering, okay? You're a young guy. You've come through a very liberal education system, probably. Um, and you have to understand that where you are right now uh, is called work. And people pay you money to go to work. And sometimes that work isn't very nice. There's worse places you could be, by the way. Much worse. Much, much worse. Um, but it is work. I want you to try and reframe this in your mind a little bit. And I'm going to wrap this up in a second. I think it's 32 minutes, yeah. Someone's paying you to do something. Now, if you don't want to do that thing, then you can leave and you don't get paid. And, and I'm trying to make this as rational. I'm not, I'm not being a dick here, okay? I'm not being a dick. Sometimes you have to look at that. I've got pilots flying in Saudi. They're earning about 15,000 UK pounds a month. I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. 15,000 UK pounds a month. Some of them stay out there a long time. Sometimes it's not a great environment to be in. A lot of times it's not a great environment. It's got better apparently recently. Um, has I've got there's some great people out there. I think that's one of the things. But if you go back maybe three or four or five years, a lot of them would have to open up their bank account and look at the money and go, this is why I'm here. 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 I would start thinking about that. I would look at the opportunity you've got. I would understand that the people above you are not intentionally trying to make your life difficult. They're, they're trying to get you to your front line. They're trying to get you through flying training. You've hit it at a bad time, okay? You've probably got an Air Force that have got serviceability issues in their aircraft. I mean, the Royal Air Force knows about this. Um, it's not a great serviceability. There's nothing worse than planning a night before, coming in and the jet braking, you know, oh, walking to the jet, crewing in, jet brakes, oh, but you've got to be quite stoic about it. That's part of being a pilot. Pilots are quite stoic people. It's like, okay, that sucks. Today sucks. I'm going to go to the gym. That sucks. I'm going to go and have a beer. That sucks. Uh, and I think when you start experiencing the reality of flying training, wrong, the reality of flying in a military environment, your, your experience fatalities, real hardships, and you'll probably look back on your flying training more favorably and I only say that because in the military it can be quite difficult there was something you said here um, life has been on hold for the last two years now there's students in the Royal Air Force that would say exactly the same thing as that I, I know it I speak to them all the time they write to me all the time okay students pilots on the front line all the time write to me Tim blah 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 blah. that's what they do um, and their lives have been on hold for two years and some people decide that it's not worth doing that anymore and they leave other people say, okay, I'll stay. To, to, to fly a jet in the Royal Air Force now, 
from when you enter initial officer training at Royal Air Force Cranwell to when you come out the other end and you step onto the operational conversion unit can take seven years. That's ridiculous. It should take half that, should take three and a half years. Now, they're solving it. They're bringing more synthetics in. They're trying to do a two aircraft pipeline, not three. I think that, that might be difficult, but whatever. I'm not teaching in the Air Force anymore. Someone in the world has got it harder than you. Seven years to get on a fast jet. Rubbish. If I, if I was a student going fast jets in the Royal Air Force today, I'd worry about that. You've got some great kit, but rotaries faster, multi-engines quicker. You know, my brother's a multi-engine pilot. Well, he's a Hercules pilot in the Royal Air Force and the Royal Canadian Air Force. He now flies for a Middle Eastern airline. He flies some great jets all over the world. Okay, he came out, managed to get an ATPL because of all his, um, the flying he was doing. I came out with no licenses whatsoever. So when you say at the end, I'd love to go fighters, try and work out what it is about fighters you'd love to go. It can be quite a solitary existence. You're in a cockpit by yourself normally. Um, and I'm not saying it's lonely. I was a tornado guy, so it was great for me to chat to someone else in the back seat. But don't get me wrong. It's not, it's not all roses going on to fighters. There's other communities, and I would suggest you visit those communities. Go and play with the helicopter guys. Go and play with the multi-engine girls. Go and play with the jet guys and girls. You know what I mean? Go and see different people and ask open questions, like uh, really open and honest questions, like, you know, do you wish you'd gone something else? Or, you know, because it might not be the thing for you. But you've got to make informed decisions. Right now, you're probably looking at Top Gun or whatever, looking at the videos I make and go, yeah, fighters look cool. There's a lot wrong with going fighters. There's a lot wrong. And I could talk about it on YouTube. Uh, so that's it. That's it. Um, I recommend studying after completing pilot's course, go straight to the squadron, go to the squadron. Yeah. So look, I hope I've given you a bit of an insight there. Um, M, you are a thinker. I, I get this. That is um, a compliment to you, but it also can be your downfall, if that makes sense. You can overthink something that is relatively simple and you can enter a black hole, get very sort of depressed about it, fail your flying training, You've got to look for good good bits there. There's good bits there all over the place. Look for good bits where you can find them. Try and another good way to do this as well is help out your mates and stuff. Go and plan with your friends on the course. Be that guy that's always there. First in, last out. Oh, M's in the on the squadron again. Oh, he's always here. Yeah, he's always helping people out. You know, that gives you purpose because then you're adopting responsibility. And we need responsibility. We need to carry that burden of responsibility, especially as men, all right? We do. I'm not saying women don't. Women have the burden of responsibility because they have children normally. Okay, that occupies a lot of their life up. Men don't normally have that. They might have kids, but they're, you know, they're not burdened with them necessarily because they're not always at home because sometimes, often, the woman will prefer to have those early years of motherhood. And the, and the, the bloke, you know, he's not too interested in kids when they're that young, to be honest, because they're a bit rubbish until they can start playing with trains and things, you know what I mean? Uh, okay, so that's pretty much it, guys. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. It's a, quite a long one. I think we probably run to about 40 minutes. I'll put this out as a video, but I'll also put it out as a podcast Keep your emails coming in. I do get a lot of them, like 14-year-olds saying, I want to be a pilot, can you advise me how to do that? I, 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 do, I do write back a one-liner, but I get probably 20 emails a day. So if I'm not answering your email because you're 14, it's not because I don't like you, it's because I've, I've got a lot of 14-year-olds writing to me and I don't answer them either. Um, also, I don't tend to answer emails uh, from people below the age of, I say about um, 18, definitely below the age of 16, really, because it's a... Uh, because I'm a business, fast jet performance is a business, guys. It's a duty of care. And really, to answer a 14-year-old's email you, 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 and, and give them advice, I kind of want the parents involved. That's why it's difficult for me to answer if you're, um, if you're quite young. And also, don't ask me what university course to study when you're 14. 
because I'm not I'm not going to get into that because you're not going to go to university for another four years. Right, let's leave it there, guys. Um, go and watch my videos uh, on flying. I'm trying to give some real world advice to people on that, um, and I'll try and do some more of these. There's a young there's an email from a young girl. She is 17. I did answer her because it was sad, and I want to do one of these on that. I'll do that this week. Um, but anything you've got, guys, hook me up with an email. I, I would say um, subscribe. Okay. It really helps me out. It pushes this up. 16% of my audience have subscribed, which is, means there's, there's like 84% that haven't. Okay. And that's, if you want to, if you want to be there for the live streams, for the sim notification bell, can I get a ding dong? You know what I mean? Just whack that notification bell. People are finding a lot of value out of the live streams I'm doing. It's really poor weather as well. When I do a live stream, I'm using real world weather from the United Kingdom. Um, so subscribe below, hit up the live streams, go and check out some more of the videos and the comments. Write some stuff in the comments about how you feel this advice has benefited you or not. All right, or not. Guys, thanks so much. I really appreciate your time. Hopefully you got something out of this, all right? Tim Davies, Fast Jet Performance. Bye.